the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 134 of the Severe MMA podcast. We're back after a couple of weeks off. My name is Sean Sheehan and I'm here with the Dosprack of Irish MMA like I am every week, Graham McDonald. And we're going to talk about a lot of stuff that happened over the last couple of weeks and coming up to next week. Uh, next week's UFC 216 card is what we're going to lead with. And uh, that was, that was a, that's, looks like it's going to be a really fun card with the interim uh, lightweight championship up for grabs. And that one, we're going to look back at the Bellator event last week uh, a little bit. And uh, other, there wasn't UFC card last week as well, wasn't there? I believe there was. We'll, we'll talk about that area. Um, the the Saint Pru versus Okami card. So we'll we'll get to that. Um, and we're going to look at the, a few uh, a few fights that have been announced for Irish MMA. The upcoming Bamator card, KSW as well. So we're we're definitely going to talk about that. Graham, how are things? How how was your two weeks off? What did you do at your time? Ah, just the same old, same old, same old. What have you been up to? I've been just watching Man United get great results and watching Liverpool do shit. So that's uh, you know. Diabolical, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Like Man United just winning games. You know, I was actually very disappointed. We we only won four one there in uh, in Moscow against the the the, war, uh, the better Moscow team that uh, Liverpool drew with the night before. So I was very sure, Liverpool was refu- they were refusing to kick the ball into the net. Like this is ridiculous. But it's, uh, the the group is uh, still alive. So at least we need to start winning immediately and keep winning in the Champions League. What did the officials do today to make you uh, draw up in the castle? Uh, it was so fluky there, goal, wasn't it? Just fucking bounced off and went in. But uh, Good pass by John. Yeah, it was a great pass. But um, yeah, Lovren's just not up to it, really, is he? Um, a couple of penalties we could have could have had but didn't. But you got to put, like, you can't be making all them chances and missing them. Like, uh, some of them misses were horrendous. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of funny that, like, there was, uh, you know, Liverpool fans are always very hopeful, and there's always, you know, the next year thing. But like this time, it looked like <laughs> it looked like the hope. No, but I, I'm, I'm saying that as you But like this time, it looked like the hope wasn't false. But now it kind of is turning out to be. That must be a bit devastating for you, is it? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't think we were going to win the league. Like once we were starting with Lovren, uh, once Van Dijk didn't sign, it was kind of like, all right, well, this is this is not going to end well. <laughs> yeah. But um, at least Coutinho is still here and. Uh, keeping us keeping us alive somewhat with his with his goals and assists. Yeah, he got a cracking goal there today. One of his uh, four year, and he does nothing else for the other thirty four games. But yeah, that should be uh, should be fun. <laughs> <coughs> I, I would fair take in the hundred and fifty. What, what, what did the refs do to make Man United win the game? This weekend? I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> they, do you know what the refs did to make Man United win? They blew the fucking whistle to start the game. That's what they did. That was it. And then we just walked away with it after. That was brilliant. What? Other than that, anyway, you've you've been uh, what have you been doing this week? I heard you've been doing a bit of work there behind the scenes. Have you anything you want to give tell the people here what you've been doing? No, I'll <laughs> <laughs> have to wait and see. Can can you not or can you? You can't, can you? I can't yet. No, it's not up to me. No, fuck's sake. Listen, this will just be something. I think a lot of people can can work it out anyway. <laughs> they might be able to work it out. They might be able, yeah. But okay, let's get into let's get into the MMA talk. Sure, we might as well. Um, UFC 216 coming up this week. It's you know it's the best card that's probably been around in, in a good while after uh, you know the last card where Demetrius Johnson Red Bar was that UFC 215. I I can't remember. My memory's just gone. But that was looking good, but kind of got torn apart a little bit. But this one is 
top three fights are anywhere are, are looking pretty good. We have obviously Dimitri Shanson fighting Ray Borg, as I mentioned there, uh, in that match that was supposed to take place a couple of weeks ago. Tony Ferguson against Kevin Lee, Fabrice Verdun, Derek Lewis, and uh, Benny Darius, Tom Ducoma, two of Team Sheehan there fighting as well. Uh, wow, do you think, first of all, that Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson for the interim lightweight title, do you think that should be above the flyweight title, Demetrius Johnson, Red There was a lot of people talking about it during the week. What's your take on it? Um, well, if you're trying to sell pay-per-views, I, I think I think it is. And I think because um, it was it was always meant to be the main event, uh, it would have been kind of harsh on, on those guys to, to move it. Um, <laughs> UFC have always kind of, uh, there's this kind of thing that the UFC have kind of screwed Demetrius Johnson, but they've always put him in main events, even even ahead of other bigger, big fights. And the pay-per-view numbers just, they keep disappointing. So it, Business wise, it makes sense. But I know, I know, he's out there trying to make history, break Anderson Silva's streak and stuff. So they they could have they could have promoted it on that, but but um, they obviously made the decision that he's just not going to sell it, and people just aren't interested in guys that small, no matter if they are the best uh, pound for pound fighter in the world, in most people's opinion. I think it's simpler than that. Even I think they had Ferguson versus Lee as the main event and everything. They'd just have to change everything around if they, you know, if they didn't. Uh, I don't really see much much of a problem with it. like if I, if I was choosing, if you'd to say, you know, if they're both match made three months out or whatever, I think I'd probably have Johnson versus Borg as, as the main event definitely because of the history and everything. But you can definitely understand it from the from the UFC's point of view. And even yeah. if it wasn't, you know. As you said there, like Johnson's not a draw and everything. I think like people, uh, this is going to be probably a team running through the, the podcast this week. Like people get get a lot mixed up. This isn't just a sport. Like this, this is entertainment as well. This is selling things. Like this fight over in America, you have to pay what fifty nine ninety nine or whatever it is to buy this. Like they they have to give, a, they have to make a product that people want to buy. You know, and if Tony Ferguson versus Kevin Lee. Is, makes more people buy it than Dimitri Johnson versus Reborg. You know, they, how can you blame him for doing that? Like, you might like it from a sporting point of view, but that's just that's just how things are. That's the, how the sport of MMA is. Yeah, I think um, the two guys who are in the main event are, are better, better will do a better job of the, the media and promoting the fight as well. Mm-hmm. So I think the UFC obviously thinking that Kevin Lee is a good talker. People, people know him. Um, know him as kind of a brash guy and then tony ferguson is is kind of similar in in, in a lot of ways and people know him from uh from kind of being linked with connor and maybe people who uh who don't even don't even know who he is i've heard his name so they might and it has a connor it has a connor uh, being the champion factor as well that makes mm-hmm. it a bigger fight in most uh, casual people's eyes as well so yeah you also have ray borg who has a bit of the ema calls about him where he pulls out of the fights on Right before them as well, like like last uh, UFC two one five last month. So there's also that as well. Yeah, definitely. Like that that McGregor factor, I, I think is huge as well. But saying that, I don't think this this card. I know we we're what six days out now or whatever, and I'm sure it'll be uh, promoted. But up until now, I haven't. I was just thinking of it there, and I haven't seen Kevin Lee. No, I haven't seen one thing from Kevin Lee. Nothing like we had the Tony Ferguson thing there, where he had gone into the fight with Farisa Verdum and stuff, like. <laughs> Usually you'd you'd see like Kevin Lee has a funny quote or something, and there's a, like a clip posted of it. But may, maybe he had one of those dinners as well. Did, have you seen anything? I just haven't seen a thing. No, I actually haven't. Uh, they did uh, the interviews were, were over in Vegas around the the May Mac or the Mayweather McGregor bout. So uh, they got a few interviews in there. But I think I think we'll ramp up now. Obviously, fight week they'll be in the city, and the, the, there'll be lots of uh, media outlets lined up to do interviews. And I'm sure. I'm sure Kevin Lee will have some some brash, <laughs> brash statements to make. Yeah, what did you think of that that Verdum Tony Ferguson thing where they were 
gun at each other. It was pretty stupid, like the the whole thing. But uh, yeah, apparently he was uh, over Doom was saying some um, uh, the Portuguese or was it Spanish or Portuguese? Spanish, yeah. He called him maricon, which means faggot. Apparently, yeah, yeah. And he said he kind of made the old uh, the, 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 the old Donald Cerrone defense of uh, oh, I say it all the time like uh, I don't mean it that way, <laughs> which is never good. Like, but in uh, fairness, though, in fairness, and not because he is a terrible person. He is a terrible person, and stuff. But like, uh, who is we used to have Verdum. Yeah, Verdum. He like he goes over the, with your man uh, Kadirov and all that, and you know he's just a general bit of a prick to put it bluntly. But like <laughs> when I was young, we used you know Spanish students just come over and stuff, and like. The, he, I don't know if he's fucking with me or if he was telling the truth, but he taught us that like Maricon means fucker. So I don't know if he's taking the piss out of us or not now. But I, but I thought that initially, but then it was like everyone, I saw everyone saying it, and I was like, okay, fair enough, he must have been taking the piss. But then I saw loads of other people actually saying it as well that it is kind of used in that, and it's not, you know, what what a lot of people were saying it, and I think it's fifty fifty. So look, you could give him the benefit of the doubt for what that if you wanted. It was obviously like I think even if you leave that aside. It was the fact, like, if no one's ever seen it, you know, it's up in MMA fighting and all those different places. Like, Tony Ferguson was doing a, an interview, and like, Verdun basically kind of started talking in the middle of his interview. And Tony Ferguson was like, Can you just like wait? And then Verdun started getting all uh, haughty totty with him and like standing up and like pointing in his face, going full ball image on him. Like, but but worse than <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> it was, it was really like he was just being a right prick about it. Like, and uh, I think. You know, it was just weird to be picking on 155 pounder when you're a heavyweight like that. It's just yeah. come on. I, I saw a lot of people getting offended about it, but I, like I definitely wouldn't be a fan of people. People need to relax. It's it's uh, deleting like if that's the, the top of their their worry their worry list, then they've got no problems. Yeah. Did you see that Paul Kimmich thing? Actually, did you watch that? Uh, that I just I saw I saw like a eight minute thing of it, and it was just it was just stupid. They're both wrong as well. So I was just like, both wrong. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I think I've ever watched. Like it was, it was. I think it it showed really well, and we'll get back to the, the fight now in a second. Like it showed really well. I thought what a journalist does, and like what going on, either like talking or writing an article actually does for you with your you with your ability to. To put across your opinion, not only to put across your opinion, but to also like make your opinion. Like Kimmage was going in there and he had a plan what he was going to say. He knew what he was going to say. It was all fleshed out. Whereas Luke Fischel was like, Oh, you cheated. You know, he'd nothing to say, you know, why why should I listen to you? You cheated. And that's all he had to say. Like he'd no actual opinion, no argument. Like he couldn't debate him on anything. But uh yeah, that I thought that yeah, was really interesting. I also thought Paul Kimmage was wrong that it wasn't cheating. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're both wrong having like an hour-long conversation about who's right when they're both wrong yeah like Kimmich was wrong but still came out better which was the weirdest yeah. thing of all time but yeah I, I digress Let, let's talk about the actual fighting in this Tony Ferguson against Kevin Lee uh, I fancy Tony Ferguson I think he's just better everywhere do you, do you give uh, like looking at Lee he's had a lot of impressive displays but I don't think he's fought anyone of top top quality apart from Michael Chiesa and we know, all know how that finished you know he, he was definitely winning that fight but it was definitely finished early do you think do you think this one's an easy one for for Tony Ferguson or do you give Lee a chance yeah well uh, I give Lee a chance but it, it's like for for a number one contendership or or sorry an interim an interim title it's 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 not exactly like the, the most difficult I think obviously Khabib they try to put the, the Khabib Tony fight together and it looks like they try to put it together again and for some reason uh, Nemo didn't take it but um it's a good, it's a good, 
fall back in a uh, fight because Kevin Lee isn't involved in exciting fights. But as you say, he's not, he hasn't fought the level of, of the people that Tony Ferguson's fought. But I mean, a lot of people thought that, that it was a nice fight for Tony Ferguson when he fought Lando Vernada and, and he, nearly got, he nearly got knocked out a few times due to a, a slippery ring, apparently, according to him. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't rocky, he was falling here on the slippery ring. Hopefully that doesn't happen to him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the old mop in there before this fight. You don't know Dimitri Johnson could have the place, uh, could have the best room. But yeah, look, I think that's an interesting point. Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee is no mug like he, but Kevin Lee is a wrestler. Uh, you know, behind it all, if you like, if you look at his record, I think I was looking at it this morning. I think he's only one knockout victory in in his uh 16 wins or something like that you know most are by submission and decision like submitting tony ferguson is not going to be that easy we know how good his jiu-jitsu is taking him down okay you might take him down he's been taken down although he's very very good takedown defense but on the feet then like kevin lee he's definitely improving on the feet but he as i said one knuckle doesn't really have that much power throws a good jab and stuff and, and uh, his hands can be good sometimes but I think he's one of those guys that he's I think he's trained at Mayweather's gym, hasn't he? I think you know he's one of those guys that boxes and gets his technique kind of good, but I'm not sure if his technique is up to kind of MMA standards, if you know what I mean. Like he throw he when he's boxing, he boxes and he boxes well, but like he throws his jab, he kind of tries to tuck his chin and stuff, but like then you know, kicks come to the body. What if I was watching Trinaldo fight where you know they were kind of exchanging kicks to the body with Trinaldo was hitting him very hard with kicks to the body, you know, coming up over the top as well when he goes, you know, when he goes for takedowns and, and they're stopped, he eats a lot of shots from takedowns as well. And Tony Ferguson is one of those guys that will throw everything at you. And if you weaknesses anywhere, he'll definitely catch you. Like he'll get caught himself hundred percent. But like uh, uh, you know, against Tony Ferguson, I think the best person against Tony Ferguson is a guy who hits really, really hard and can knock him out. That's why I've always said McGregor. I thought was a, was a terrible matchup for him. And you know, it'd be the same. You know, no matter who it was, think of any like really hard hitter. I think you know, I thought Bar- that Barbosa fight as well. Even though he did win it, you know, Barbosa hit him a lot of times in that fight, and they fought again. You know, I think it'd be fifty-fifty again. But. I, I just don't like is Kevin what Kevin Lee is good at gonna be Tony Ferguson like taking him down and going for submissions. I'm just not sure that it is. I think, I think a lot of the times though, when Lee drops somebody or gets the advantage on somebody, he he kind of goes for the to try and take the back and go for the choke. He 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 maybe could have a couple more knockouts or TKOs on his record if 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 he kind of took that route that route of uh, of ground pounding people instead of going straight for the back, but. Um, if he gets on the if he gets on the back of like of Tony Ferguson in, in some scramble or if you know drops Tony Ferguson or Tony Ferguson just makes a mistake he ends up on the back like that could be it like you know he, somebody who's that good at, at a particular move like uh, it's very it's very hard to stop them um, once they're in that position and obviously the, the back mount and rearing like a choke position is is a pretty safe position if you can get that that body triangle going especially so like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be all that surprised if uh, if if Kevin Lee won but I definitely would uh, definitely favor Tony Ferguson to win. But he, he, Tony Ferguson, like he has, he has a couple of big wins. Like the RDA win, one is a big win. But besides that, really, like the Barbosa one, obviously, was really close as well. But he's not really going out there and blitzing people, you know. So I don't think, I don't think Kevin Lee's going to get starched earlier or anything here. I think it'll be uh, competitive early, and maybe Tony, Tony's experience might take over as as the fight goes on. But I wouldn't be that surprised if uh, Kevin Lee got his back and choked him. 
Yeah, like I, I think Kevin Lee is someone who could be really, really good soon, but I don't, I just don't think he's there yet now. Like I've said that about people before, like Chris Weidman, he went out and beat Anderson Silva. Like so, you know, <laughs> it could happen with, with Kevin Lee as well. But I, I think he's, I think he's still putting it all together, and when he does, he'll be very, very good a force. Whereas I think Tony Ferguson is what he is now. I don't think he's getting any better uh, at the moment, and and he's very, very good. But I, I. I still think he's he's very flawed. So, uh, you know, if Kevin Lee does come in and, and shows those improvements now, there's there's definitely a chance. But I, I don't know. I just think it's a styles may fight, as I say, and I think I think it's a bad matchup for Kevin Lee. But like, it, it, it could it, be similar to the to the Dominic Cruz, Cody Garbrandt, where you're thinking, oh, the, the title shots coming a bit, or the the big fight, or the title shots coming mm-hmm. a bit too too early for them. But then they actually are, are are step up, or they improve between camps, or they're actually better than than you thought, and they did, they just needed the kind of better opponent to bring it out of them. So, um, it could be one of them situations. But if I was betting, I, I I'd put it on Tony. Yeah, like. I wouldn't be surprised if this one ended in like a, a guillotine win for Tony Ferguson or a triangle or something after after Lee gets a takedown. You know, it, it's one of those like Lee is a smart guy. Like he, I think he's a, he reminds me a little bit of Tyron Woodley in that way. Like he'll do what he has to do to win the fight. If he has to have a boring five round fight, I think he's no problem doing that. He doesn't care what you know the fans think or anything like that. Uh, and I uh, like I think he'll be he'll try to be as safe as he can and go for those takedowns when he can. But like Ferguson is a guy who forces the fight, and he you know he'll have if Lee wants to stand back, he's he's not a guy like a Maya or a Wonderboy who'll stand around looking for him. Like he will go looking for him and he'll go and try to take him down. You know, as he said to Fabrizio Verduma, I'll ankle pick you. <laughs> you know, you could see him going for that against against Kevin Lee. You could see him doing you know doing a lot of things, but. Yeah, it, it's a different one. I, I I just can't get the the thought out of my head of like Kevin Lee's other fights where like he's striking just he's striking is good. No, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it has that power. I don't think it, you know, I don't think it it'll stand up to the, you know, the the low kicks, the, the kicks to the body, the kicks to the head, you know, the shots from all angles that Ferguson will throw. I just don't think he's going to be able to submit him because Ferguson is is better at jujitsu. I think it's going to be hard for him to take him down as well. And even if he does, as I said, you know, the, the guillotines and triangles are going to be very, very tough. Uh, but it, you know, it it is a good fight. Though. It's intriguing to see where where he goes uh, and and how he actually does. Uh, I suppose then moving on from that. This is for the interim lightweight title, the title that's held by Conor McGregor. You know, he did a, an interview there, uh, one of his sit-down kind of evening with things, and he kind of didn't give much hints away, but mentioned about 10 different names. What do you think are the chances that the winner of Ferguson and Lee actually fights him? Um, um, I think I think next, you think you're saying is yeah. next? Conor's next fight. Um, it looks like, I think people have got the wrong end of the stick on what, what Connor is quoted as, as saying he it looks like the Diaz fight is the one that kind of everybody wants, but Diaz maybe is hoisting himself out and maybe kind of trying to put a little bit of pressure on 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 the situation. Um yeah. get Diaz to, to agree to a deal. Um but um I think that the Nate Diaz fight is, is the most likely next fight as, as as much as the certain certain uh, section of people in the MMA community will be will be annoyed about not defending the belt and all that stuff, I think. I think that's the the fight that the casuals would would want to see, and and obviously the any hardcore fans will will watch any Conor McGregor fight. Yeah, I thought it was a bit weird they actually made this for an interim title, and you know we you know why they did because they wanted a, a headliner. You know, Demetrius Johnson wasn't on this card at the time. That's kind of why they did. Like timing is weird. Like McGregor's back now. Yeah, like if this fight wasn't made. You know, McGregor could fight in January against Nate Diaz for the title, and I don't think many people would have much qualms about it, but you're just causing problems for yourself by making this an interim title fight. And I suppose, you know, 
all it's going to do really is cause people to bitch and moan basically it's you know it's it's going to be good for mcgregor it's going to be good for diaz and it's probably going to be good for the winner of ferguson and uh and lee as well because I, I agree with you i think nate diaz is probably the next um most most logical one and i think mcgregor will probably fight him uh, come the new year i don't think he'll go as far as st patrick's there to be honest but he, he could and i think the, whoever it is especially if it's kevin lee i think he'll have no problem sitting around waiting around um for for mcgregor in may or whatever next year uh, but you could see Ferguson fighting again. But yeah, I wouldn't rule it out because, as you said there, Nate Diaz, you know, Nate Diaz can be hard headed. He he'll have no problem, you know, waiting around if they don't give him the money he wants. He just won't fight. You know, he's in, he's enough money now from the from the last McGregor fight. We've talked about this so many times. I think it could be GSP as well. That's definitely a possibility. Uh, you know how mad, how mad McGregor is if he he could go up to middleweight and fight GSP for that belt. I know it sounds insane, but it's something I could see him doing because he's so insane. You know, there's boxing fights as well. Man and Aji is, is definitely a fight that's still out there for him as well. So, look, it'll be interesting to see. I suppose that's something to talk about as well after next week when these lads uh, call each other out and, and we'll see how it how it actually goes. Do I suppose? Do you think? Do you think this fight? You know, this fight is obviously you know a good main event and and it's a very very good fight and stuff. But do you think? Like uh, coming up to this, one, I'm not even gonna lie. I forgot Dimitri Johnson and Ray Bar was even in this. Like, you know, it, it's it's not that it's over. The, the main event is overshadowing it. It's just that it's maybe it's just because it's it's six days out from it. It's just there hasn't been much, you know, even even talked about Dimitri Johnson and Ray Bar. Like, is is do you think there's a chance that Dimitri Johnson and Ray Bar actually? By the end of the night, it turns out to be a better fight, and it's obviously going to be a more historic fight, I think, because Johnson, uh, you know, Johnson's going to break that record more than likely. But like, I like Barg, and I, I think Barg could put up put up a good fight and make this an epic fight. I, like, I think it could be, I think this could be a good night for the flyweight division. Odd, maybe oddly, do you agree with me or not? Um, I don't know. I don't know if Borg's going to put up much of a much of much of a fight. Um. Demetrius Johnson's just looking so good recently. Um, I think like somebody, obviously, uh, you need like size or I don't think somebody would just uh, without some like massive advantage over Demetrius Johnson, maybe like jujitsu wise or somewhere is is the guy that will cause him could cause him trouble. But I don't think somebody who's like well rounded like Borg with no real, but he has nothing that Demetrius Johnson isn't better at, you know. So I think I think Demetrius Johnson will dominate everywhere and probably probably win inside the distance um and that'll obviously be um a good way to if finishing a guy rather than another five-round decision will, will be a nice way to, to break the record as well yeah like we, we talked a bit about this a few weeks ago when it was supposed to actually happen uh and like i gave my feelings there like i think red Barg is kind of a similar fighter to demetrius johnson except like worse in every area but still very good you know everywhere and that, that might sound bad i know but it, you know, it's just kind of the truth but like that someone that well-rounded can give people problems you know in in certain situations now Demetrius Johnson is a guy that's just so good like he's he's the, the greatest pound for pound finder of all time in my opinion he's just unbelievable um and I think he'll win it but I think no. somebody like Tim Elliott when Tim Elliott fought him he was a lot bigger than him and he was awkward yeah. and he had he had different things that, that Demetrius Johnson didn't have uh advantages so I think I think I think Johnson will win this one pretty handily, and um, then hopefully he, he has a, a quote super fight with uh, either either TJ or Cody or any uh, even Dom rematch. Make it happen, yeah. Ugh. I you know, I've made my position on that. Like I, I just 
I, I don't want to see Demetrius Johnson fighting a 135 again. Like, if someone can come down to 125, no problem, but he's just too small. You know, Dominic Cruz, that Dominic Cruz fight, it was basically because Dominic Cruz is bigger than him. He beat him. Like, Dim- Demetrius Johnson could fight at 115 easily. Like, he's, it's just. What about 130? No, why? Like, just 135 there. No. Well, if you want to do it and get money, like, but, like, yeah. I don't think he's at his best there. Like, it's. It's just weird. Like, well, I don't know. Would you, like, would you want Tyron Woodley to go up and fight? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Daniel Cormier. Like, you know, I know that's two way class above, but these lads are so I'd definitely, watch it. I'd definitely watch it anyway. Would you I'd know? Watch it, like, I'd, I'd love to see, like, I'd love to see TJ Dillashaw <laughs> against Demetrius Shanson, but like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, weight classes are there for a reason. Like, we, we saw. Gonna be probably a different fight if he was there today, but like he lost that fight because of size, it wasn't a skill disparity or anything like that. And like, why, why do you want to see that? Like, I, I know that's like Demetrius Johnson is someone who's built he's built his career on being great, he's built, built his career on being a great mar- mixed martial artist. Like, <clears throat> he's not there's some people are great in different ways, like McGregor. Like, if McGregor went up and fought Woodley and lost, like, it wouldn't make much of a difference, you know. No, no one really cared that much. He'd come back and, and he'd fight again, you know. It's like, like him against Mayweather, like. It, if Demetri Johnson did that, people, it's, you you know, they'd be saying exactly what they're saying now. Oh, you know, he lost to Cruz before. How can he be great aggressive of all time and everything like that? But like, he's not losing because of his skills. He's just losing because of size. You know, he, I, I, I don't know. I, I just yeah, don't think... German suplex all over the place by Tommy yeah. Cruz again. <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I suppose it'll be interesting actually to see what he actually does after this because there isn't that many people coming through there. I know Sergio Pettis was fighting uh, Hank Cejudo. Someone reported that, but I'm not sure if it's actually 100% down yet. I don't think I, I hadn't heard of the announcement officially, but I could be wrong. Yeah. A reporter announced it, and I don't think Ariel said it or anything like that, so I, w- I wouldn't 100% believe it yet, but, you know, if that fight's happening, there's another good contender there. I would have no problem seeing him uh, fight, fight there. Like, if TJ loses to Garbrandt, I could easily see TJ come down. And, uh, you know, Demetrius said he wants TJ to fight someone else for us. Like, you know, I could see that happening. I don't think there's any rush there anyway. So, you know, no problem. Let, let it play out with Flyway. Flyway could do with TJ Dillashaw down there. You know, that'd be great. But I think uh, TJ. That's for another day. Right, let's move on. Um, Verdum Lewis. What you Your think? boy, Derek Lewis. My boy. How, how will Derek Lewis find a way? <laughs> take a beating for ages and then just out of nowhere. It's like... He'll he'll make a stupid decision to go into Verdum's guard and then like Donkey Kong punch him unconscious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's more that's more than likely what's gonna happen. Like Verdum will pull guard and he'll get knocked out. That's very, very likely in this fight, I think. You know Derek Lewis will go in there head first, like stupidly, <laughs> but then he'll somehow it'll work out, it'll be grand and he'll win. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, I think I think has to win this one, really, doesn't he? Oh, I said that every directly was fight, and he keeps winning. You know, uh, yeah, it's hard to pick against him when he keeps yeah. uh, he keeps winning out of nowhere. Yeah, Mark Hunt, was it Mark Hunt beat him in his last fight? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I remember I called it as well. <laughs> Jesus, one, two, three, four, five, six fights in a row. Derek Lewis won before that. How in God's name did that happen? <laughs> He's useless. Derek Lewis is useless. Like. Are we, like, are we just being real about Derek Lewis? You're gonna be saying you're gonna change your tune after he beats arguably the the most successful heavyweight of all time in in Verdum. Verdum, yeah. What, what do you think about that? Actually, who is the best heavyweight of all time? I don't know. It's so hard, isn't it? Yeah. They've all beat each other. One guy, yeah. One guy beats one guy, and then and then loses to somebody who's not as good as that guy because it's just at, at that at that weight class you can just get hit with a big punch and it's, it's all over. 
Yeah, I, I'd, I'd nearly say it was Verdun because he's beaten Fedor, he's beaten Kane. Uh, who else did he beat? He beat, he beat a few more lads as well. You know, yeah, he beat, beat Fedor when Fedor was meant to be invincible as well, didn't mm-hmm. he? He yeah. triangled him in a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And he, he also a very successful uh, jiu-jitsu guy as well, um, yeah. obviously. And he's he, he's he's been the champion in the UFC. Um, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys you you could argue like Fedor. People would argue that. I think people. Kane, I think the argument, I think people were kind of making an assumption that Kane was going to do, was going to win a few more fights and they were already kind of had him in the talk, but I don't think he's quite there. And it, I, I don't know if he's going to, if he's ever going to be the same again. Like he, he's been in some wars, even though he's been winning most of them wars, but still a big drain on the body. And you see him, you see photos of him out of shape between camps and he, he's obviously, he's obviously um, very injury prone as well. So it, it's Kane kind of needs to come back and establish himself in, in in the conversation, in my opinion. But I think yeah, I think for Doom is definitely definitely up there, and and like people kind of forget how 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 big that Fedor win was because um, maybe casuals didn't know who Fedor was. I think all the hardcores loved Fedor, but uh, I think people kind of wrote it off as ah Fedor got caught. But then but then the the, the fight with Bigfoot and the, Dan Henderson and all kind of kind of showed that maybe Fedor wasn't wasn't the 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 un, untouchable. Uh, unbeatable guy that everybody everybody thought. Yeah, Johnny Hendricks is definitely the best heavyweight of all time. Anyway, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Rumble Johnson. Uh, and, uh, he was. He bought, he, be, he knocked out a heavyweight champion. Or did he? No one did decision. No, he he was, decision yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, a few more guys on on this. Tom Dukenmore is fighting Cody Staman. Tom Dukenmore, you know, we've lacks lyrical about him. Team Sheehan, as everyone knows. He didn't have a great uh, UFC debut, obviously coming in now for his second one against Cody Staman, who I believe is fifteen and one or, or something like that. Yeah, they're both fifteen and one. Fifteen and one, yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, do you remember? I I don't remember much about Staman. I haven't written my preview or anything yet, so I haven't looked into him much. But he he's a win over Terry and Weir uh, by unanimous decision in UFC two thirteen. You know, he's six by knockout, two by by submission. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward yeah, to that. Lost with a split decision as well, so I haven't seen that fight a few years ago. So who knows? You know, with judges, he could have he could have handily won that for all we know. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a big fight for maybe for Adelaide Bird was, was on the card there. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. But like for Dukuma, like a lot of guys come in to have the UFC jitters in their first fight. I think the second fight is big. Like he was coming here and, and and laying egg in this fight, maybe it wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be the best look. You know. With a lot of hype as well behind him, I know he's training Jackson Winklejohn or has previously anyway, and uh, you know this is this is a big fight for him. He's headlining the prelim portion of the pay per view card, so leading into the main event, so people are you know are putting something behind him. So yeah, you know, his style is quite open. Like he's like, he, like he's willing to give one to, to to or he's willing to take one to give one. So <laughs> that's gonna. Uh, like it's gonna put put you in the in the fans' hearts and in Dana's heart, but uh, it might it might end up costing you a few losses that you if you had fought more uh, strategically and kind of stuck to a stricter game plan or um, to to win the fight, maybe not caring about the fans or not 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 caring about the fans, but not caring about the fans booing, kind of like Woodley or whatever. You might be able he he might be able to win more fights, but obviously uh, it's much more exciting to watch somebody who, who who's willing to go out and slug and make it a war, which he which he's known to do. 
Funny thing is, I think he'd actually improved in that just before his first UFC fight, and then his UFC fight, it all kind of came back in one go. But yeah, I I definitely agree with your point. But or you know, over in Jackson Winkler, I'm working with uh, you know Brandon Gibson and guys like that as well. That that should definitely improve him. But yeah, like other than that, in this card, you've Benil Darius come back in seven done. I'm a big fan of Benil Darius. I think he could be a UFC champion uh, in the next few years. A former Bellator champion, Will Brooks against uh, your boy Nick Lins, the BJ Pin hater. Uh, Bobby Green against Lando Venata, another Brandon Gibson chain. That should be good. That should yeah, be a good that, that should be very, very fun. I, I think Lando should definitely win that. Bobby Green hasn't been the same over the last few years. He loves trash talking people while he's getting beaten up, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Is like, is there anyone better in the world at saying I'm gonna beat the shit out of you? And he's like two and a half rounds down, and he's getting <laughs> <laughs> he's just, getting out of him. just walking into punches for the last ten minutes. Like. <laughs> He's a great man. Uh, yeah, Walt Harris against Mark Godbeer as well, the, the English man. Or is he Scottish or English? He's British anyway. He's English, yeah, British. Yeah, uh, John Moraga. Hopi have against Moraga. That's a fantastic fight. Jesus, that's a great fight. One of uh, He's one of Katarov's boys, isn't it's he? Wait in the card, is it? Or is that just the, the, the list I'm looking at? Is that way in the card and what you're looking at as well? Yeah, it's on the... the, the... Uh, fucking tiny shit prelims. What are they called? The The danger is finding as well. Talish Lashley against Bad Tavares. So yeah, should be fun. Looking forward to that. Tune in. Have a watch. Give us a tweet at Chanchi Ba Graham. What are you at Severe Severe Pod? Other stuff like that. Right. Let's talk about uh, last week's cards for for a couple of seconds because we weren't obviously here last week. <sighs> this UFC card with OSP, Yushin Okami, he won by Vlanchuk Glenn. Another Vlanchuk. Will people ever ever just stop doing that against Open St. Brew? Stop uh, holding on to guillotines with no guard? What do you think? Ridiculous of, at the stage. What, what do you think of Okami though? Was he right to just like go down and kind of pull guard and do do that? Or was. <sighs> it depends what shape he was in. I think he had a. Somebody said he had a fight lined up. Um, outside of the DOC before that, so he must have been in some kind of shape. I, I don't know what, yeah. It, it was a bad style matchup for, for him all along, but yeah, he didn't he didn't look good. Uh, he's he's fighting up 20 pounds as well, so it, it, as, as we were saying earlier, like it, it, weight classes are there for a reason. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's like it's... There isn't really much to say about that one. I, you know, it, it was a bit like, you know, Bader against... Uh, Against Anthony Johnson that time, I was like, oh, you know, what's better going to do? He went for a takedown, he tried, and then he got beat. You know, you swim with sharks, you're going to get bitten. That's kind of my motto on that. And I think, you know, that's <laughs> kind of always going to happen to you, Okami. But like this fun flu chalk, I think people are going to have to start respecting it now because, you know, he's a way of doing it. And like he holds guys into it, you know. If I'm food truck for people, you saw always say, you know, you have to kind of hold on to the, you have to hold on to the guillotine to actually get caught in it. But like the fact that people are just going for the guillotine and then Sam Pru is actually holding them in there. You're like, you, if you look back at that, he keeps adjusting Okami's hand and like keeps moving it and tightening it up all the time and ho- like holding Okami in the guillotine himself and doing it. Like, and he's done that a couple of different times now against different people. So like, I think people are are gonna have to start respecting that and you know. That that is a big thing for Sam Pru because he can go for basically free takedowns now. Because what are they going to do? They're either going to go for the guillotine or they're just going to let him off and you know not put the hands around the chest and not you know not try to. He could just put his head anywhere he wants from guillotines now because or from for takedowns now. So it, it's a big thing for Okami and you know going forward, he, if he can you know if he can use that not only to get Van Flu chokes but to get big takedowns as well. That that is huge for him because. You know, we talked about it before. He he's striking is pretty pretty bad. You know, he can't even throw a jab. He's, you know, he's improving a little bit, but it's still pretty awful. And if he can put those, you know, those takedowns into play, I think it, it could be a, a huge part for him. Uh, let's move on. 
Jessica Andrade against Claudia Gadelia. Yeah, geez, I, I thought I thought Gadelia would win this one pretty handily, but she just mm. gassed out it really early again. Um, and she looked like she'd kind of gotten over that in the last two or three fights, but well, since in a three round fight anyway, obviously she tired against Joanna, but she she looked good for at least two rounds, and um, she looked good cardio wise for at least two rounds there, and was arguably winning the fight until she gassed, but. She gassed very early in this one, and even in the first round, she she was uh, sucking air hard. So, uh, she's I don't know what happened there. Like, I know what happened because I said it was going to happen last the two weeks ago on the podcast, and you talked me out of it. You prolox, yeah. Well, I did yeah, say that uh, I did say that that, that uh, it, is known to get tired and that she might gas out because you, you kind of always have to put that caveat in there uh, when you're talking about Gadelia until she, until she kind of proves over a sustained amount of time that that, that, it, that it isn't a problem. Yeah. Like. Gadelia is not but really Andrade game. really good as well, as well in fairness though she did in fairness yeah like Gadelia is not really game like, is being is being the stronger person is kind of like we've seen against Joanna pushing people up against the fence like her striking and all has improved uh, a lot of the time over the last while but like I think she could have won that fight if she, she if she had just kind of used her jab stayed on the outside missed all of Andrade's you know big big shots but she tried to play the strength game with Andrade who's obviously fought up as far as far as 135 and that was bad. Even though it was winning her fight for, I think the first, uh, the first half around. I think I, I gave uh, Gidelia the first round, and I think it was a ten eight and a ten nine to Andrade after that. But it was, yeah, it, it was just I think bad, bad game planning and something that is weird because I think Andrade is a noted bad game planner, and I think if if Gidelia had gone in there and had a good game plan, she could easily have beaten Andrade. But it's just you know just her game plan played totally into the you know in into the the game of Andrade and. You know, Andrade kind of, I don't know, maybe it's because she kind of called her out. She's, you know, she called her an American girl and stuff. And she said, you know, she maybe that got Gedelia mad that, that she's kind of left her Brazilian side behind and all. But Andrade was basically just stronger than her, you know, kept taking her down, was landing the bigger shots. Gedelia, as you said, just got very, very tired and Andrade kept going. And, you know, it's, I, I think it could be up to 125 now for, for Gedelia after this. Um, and uh, you know it, it's tough to see her coming back and getting the title fight anytime soon anyway but because like there's i know there isn't a huge amount of contenders there but you know i think after losing especially to to uh injecek twice and after losing to Andrade now as well who, who's someone who's lost to injecek as well it's going to be hard to justify giving her another title shot say before Andrade, because who who's going to actually beat Andrade? it's you know it's very hard to see to see anyone beating him but previous to this uh injecek was the only person to beat either of them in 10 fights in the ufc so i uh, throw it so uh, you know that's that's a difficult one for me um Outside of that, go go Kansaki. Talk to me about go Kansaki. We haven't talked about this, and I want to get your take on it because I think my take is different to everyone else's take in the whole world that I've seen, anyways, of Aaron Zaki. Okay, well, he looked um, he looked terrible. terrible. Uh, he looked out of shape. Uh, he he was getting lit up by a guy who, who couldn't really strike that well and had an awful awful game plan. Yeah. Um, and then um, he obviously landed a nice, really nice <laughs> knockout punch. But besides that, he he looked he looked terrible. And this talk of uh, UFC title in a year seems ridiculous to me. Thank you. I, I was thinking I was going insane there for a moment. Like, I think someone has a question there on, it, does Saki need two or three more fights to get a title shot? I'm like, Saki... He's one and one, I <laughs> Saki, Saki needs to go to a wrestling class. Like, Saki needs to, He was terrible. Like, I thought he was absolutely... Like, the Silver nearly knocked him out. He... Oh, my... Yeah. It was oh, terrible man. striking. He, knocked, knocked out it, with, it, yeah. he didn't even go for takedowns or anything. Like, it was just... God... 
two of them it was, a frustra- it was actually a frustrating fight to, fight to watch it because was, it's just like yeah. what kind of a game plan is this like <laughs> I, like he totally gassed out as well and just hit him with like a monster was it a left hand out of nowhere and knocked him out it was yeah like watching the Silva like at one stage he was kind of he was just throwing shots and backing up it was like why are, you, why are you not going for takedown? Like you're you're fighting a footboxer here. Like what what are you doing? What are you, what are you at all? And he's still nearly won. You know, it's, <laughs> it's my leaves. You know, it's, it's just I thought I was this, but I don't think they can give him anyone worse than Enrique da Silva unless they bring in, in someone. And there's plenty of bad fighters in that UFC light heavyweight division that they can find. But God Almighty, uh, I've you know. I, if they give him, if you're looking at like the, the top 15, people talking about a title shot, like Jared Cannonier is ranked number 15 at the moment. Jared Cannonier would tool him up. John John Vellante, that's the fight there. He's number ranked number 14. What do you think about that? He'd probably be, have a, just as bad a game plan and uh, <laughs> he'd like take like his legs and then stop kicking him in the legs and then get knocked out or something. It'd yeah. just be very John Vellante. I do as well. Yeah, he just he'd, he'd go for one takedown. That's it, fight over. Like, you know, he was wrecked, Saki, by, by the end of that round as well. Like, he was wrecked. Yeah, very, 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 very unimpressive. And he will not be winning the UFC title fight. You can quote me, uh, quote, uh, quote me on that uh, uh, UFC title. I mean, but yeah, um, geez, he's definitely going to win it now. I, I, there you go, Saki. <laughs> I, put the, I put the anti cooler on him, I put the cooler on myself. But yeah, uh, I didn't see much of the other fights because I can't remember what I this was on late and I was just like not staying up for it. Uh, I, I saw for me against Sasaki. That was a good rear naked choke again. Uh, Keita Nakamura as well had a win. Other lads. What about about Takinori Gomi? God, it was it was just depressing again, wasn't it? This time finished in one one minute thirty seconds by not Don Young Kim, the other Don Young Kim. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. I think we said a couple of fights ago about Gomi that he needs to back it in. <laughs> Probably like five fights ago. Yeah. Like he's like he's a legend in the sport. He's clearly just washed up. He can't take a punch anymore. He, he even the game is just past him. Even if he could take a punch, uh, the game is just past him by. You just. He's just he just needs to retire, like, or or he you can't be putting him putting him in there just to get knocked out every few months. He's like legend of the sport should be kind of. I know he's not in the UFC and stuff, but a lot of people like watched him over the years in in Japan and other promotions, and it's just it's just not the same guy. Like you know, it's like BJ Penn, like you know, it's the same, same division back in the day and. You just don't want to see them guys that, that have been around that have already kind of been on the decline for years. Like there's there's no way they're turning this around, and you just keep giving them fights. But and, and they're not they don't even like a guy like Gomi doesn't even sell and like in an American audience you can't put him in a big a big a big spot. Nobody nobody casual knows who he is. So, so uh, it's just there's there's no real gain to be made from from Gomi fighting anymore, bar a payday for him. Yeah, and some, some brain damage. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, like, <clears throat> I have no interest in seeing him fight again. I, I was thinking there's one fight. You can't even I... make stars off. You can't make stars off him because casuals don't know who he is. It's not not as if a BJ Penn where yeah, you beats him. And people are like, oh yeah, here this this who is this guy? Like you know, maybe this guy must be good, but it's, it's not even that. Like, that's who I was going to say. What about BJ Penn versus Takanori Gomi? Yeah, we'll make it happen again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, at least, at least, you kind of like that that um, Masters or what are they calling it, the Legends League. Yeah, that, that, that a few a few guys have been calling for, but I, I just think, I just think, just he needs to retire. Like, it's just it, the game is passing by, and, and he's very very chinny, and he's getting he's getting finished by guys who aren't even known for finishing finishing guys. So yeah, it's time to hang them up. I think I don't really. 
I don't really know what the situation is. I wouldn't say he's loaded or anything, but you want to have your you want to have your brain functioning at a decent level for the rest of your life. Yeah, just go out and beat a few bums over in over in Ryzen or something. Although he probably can't at this stage, like I don't think he even trains or anything anymore, does he? You know, it's he's just not what he was. Yeah, but I you can go do a Bob Sap over Bob Sap in in Japan and just like the second yeah. somebody hits you, just like give up and take the payday, <laughs> and yeah. make everybody hate you. Even though people, lo- people loved you before, and now people hate you because because of it. But you got paid, so fuck it. Fuck it, big rent. Yeah. Uh, last week as well, Bellator. Or, or sorry, last night Bellator had um, a a card on Bellator one eighty three, where uh, there was a, actually a few good fights. And we, we obviously couldn't watch it until until last night again because it was it was tape delayed <laughs> to my annoyance. Uh, but I actually missed the Pico fight because I turned it on ten minutes late and I can't record it. Uh, so did you see that? Yeah, Pico? I saw that. Yeah, it was a very nice finish. Uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it was. It was. Um, I think we said it was brave, or definitely um, they weren't they weren't giving him a, a layup in terms of record anyway, and experience. And he and he went out there and kind of um, did what most people expected him to do in his first fight, and, and got to finish early. So he's back on track now. That was a very important fight for him. If you go zero and two after all that hype, uh, it, it it starts getting dodgy. But now one and one, okay, you you got caught in your in your first fight. It happens out there. It's MMA. You're a young guy. Just it's it was a very important win for him and very impressive finish. Yeah, important win too for Ryan Nelson who beat Havi Ayala versus uh, by a I think it was a unanimous decision. It was an important win for for Ryan Nelson. Well, possibly you could get him a Bellator heavyweight title shot. I'd love to know what maybe I'll ask Scott Cocker when Bellator comes around in a few weeks. What's the crack with that Bellator heavyweight title? Like it's just. You know, it's so their, their champion disappeared off to, to Russia, <laughs> yeah. He did, yeah. But like, you've loved like you'd fed or against Mitrion. Why was that? They're, not they're, they're, they're one of their previous champions left and went into to white gold. You know, oh it hasn't, the heavyweight division is cursed in, in Bellator. <laughs> milk, milk, what's his name again? Um, Cole, Cole Conrad. Cole yeah. Conrad, how could you forget that? We should have been talking about him earlier as the upper for doom as the best. <laughs> the best. <laughs> if you had a ball, that is a heavyweight of all time. You can't beat that guy. Cannot beat him. He uh, he would have beaten Brock Lesnar handy back in the day. Didn't he beat Brock Lesnar in a wrestling match? Didn't he? I, I think, think he did. Yeah. A couple of times. Yeah, I think yeah. Lesnar had like four or five losses, and a couple of them were Cole Conrad. The funny thing, like Cole Conrad, is actually very good. Like, that's, oh, really that's good? Yeah. yeah, but we undefeated, unstoppable. He just gets on top of you, and then it's all over. He's just yeah. too big and fast. Yeah, imagine if Derek Lewis was good, he'd be Cole Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> Cole Conrad uh, can make a return. Like, what age is he? Like, he needs to come back before it's too late. Thirty or something. Is he? he wasn't that old. I don't think. Or maybe he's a bit older. If he was wrestling Lesnar in college, I don't know. Yeah, maybe forty. But sure, heavyweights. Sure, he's a young heavyweight if he's forty. Uh, also on the card, Daly against Larkin. That was that was a, a tremendous fight for me. I thought Lorenz Larkin. I don't know. He's always one of those guys. I thought, and I mentioned on Twitter. Like, I always thought he was a guy who was good and he'd he'd improve eventually and it just wasn't coming for him and like he wasn't getting the fullness of his talent out but i think it might have been the other way around i i might i think he's just he's actually getting everything out of it and he's just not as athletic or not as good as i, I actually thought he was and, like coming in here against paul daly i thought he, he he'd be able to win it you know i thought he'd he'd use i thought he used a bit of his wrestling i thought he'd use his like he'd stay away from daly you know put putting him up against the fence but it was the other way around like it was daily putting him up against the fence daily going for takedowns daily throwing leg kicks you know and i thought it was a good game plan now from daily you know don't take it away from him the first round the first round was pretty close i think i i had it for daily if memory serves me correct but the second round in daily you know knocked him out clean with a beautiful left hook no, I, I thought it was a deserved win. To be honest, I, I thought he did, he had a better game, game plan, and he went in there, and he, you know, he put him out. But 
See, Lorenz Larkin, he's just so inconsistent. Like, he sometimes he looks great. Like, you know, he's knocking out uh, Ponzinibbio. He's he's beating Masvidal. He's he's knocking out Magni, and then and then he just uh, has a terrible game plan against Paul. Even the threat of the of the takedown against Paul Daly kind of stops Paul Daly's striking game to a certain extent, or uh, um, doesn't stop it, but hinders it. And he just didn't do that. And uh, he's just very passive in, in in a lot of his fights. And then he comes out and he looks great and you're like, oh, here, he's finally putting it together. And then he comes out and obviously it is credit to Paul Daly. It was a very nice left, uh, left hand and it was a really nice knockout. But like the, the, the blueprint is there to beat Paul Daly and he, he just didn't follow it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, the main event of that card in was Vincent Henderson against uh, Pitbull Fahea, which I scored to the draw. I know you didn't see the whole thing. Uh, look, the first round, I thought Vincent Henderson definitely won it. Um, the second round, I scored a 10-10 because nothing happened. You know, I thought we, you know, I thought it was even enough. I thought Henderson was winning a little bit early, you know, early. And then Henderson's, it must have been a good three minutes up against defense. I'm I surprised. I think John McCarthy was reffing. I'm surprised he didn't break him up. You know, it was not really happening. Henderson was kind of foot stomping him and stuff. Uh, Pitbull was kind of landing a few, a little, I think he landed an elbow or two. And then he got a big takedown at the very end of the round, which I think, you know, I, I think that was meant more than anything that Pinson Henderson actually did in that round. I thought it was, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't spin him off, to be honest. There wasn't that many shots landed. You know, there was, I thought Benson's early work wasn't that much, and then there was the latest takedown, which wasn't that much either, but it was something. So I, like, I couldn't spin him, to be honest. I gave it a 10 10. I thought people won the third handy, handily enough. Then I thought that was the clearest round of all. The first, but, all, all the judges gave to Ferrer, yeah. yeah the people. Oh, did they? Yeah, yes. And the second yes. the second was for all, for all for Henderson. And then um, obviously it was a split decision. So two had it, had the last round for Pitbull and one had it for Henderson. Jesus, yeah, that's well. The first round was, was close enough. So I, I definitely had it for Henderson. I thought he did more, but it was relatively close. I don't think the third was close. I think whoever gave the third to Henderson was, you know, that was a bit weird. But the second definitely could have gone kind of way. You know, it was one of those fights. Yeah, Henderson just has this habit of being in these ridiculously yeah. close fights all the time. Like he's just in these close decisions, and nobody can quite agree agree if he won or if you if the opponent won. Like half of his more even more than half of his fights are, are like this. He he tries to just inch rounds, but like. You can't be relying on on the judges. Like it worked out for him. Like there was a lot of controversial decisions went went his way in the lead up to the his UFC title shot and even his UFC title reign. A lot of people thought he lost to Frank Yeager a couple of times and thought he lost to other uh, other fights as well uh, that he got the nod for. But then I think a lot of people thought he beat Don Cerrone the second time and he didn't. But you're like when you when you're relying on the judges, it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna work for that long. Like you're you're gonna have. Um, you're gonna have close close fights, and they're gonna they're gonna be split decisions, and you're basically you're basically a toss up to see if you won or not. Even even if even if even if the fight is 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 close, uh, or even if the fight, the round is not close, you still can't really rely on the judges. So when you're talking like Benson Henderson, this is always gonna happen. You're always gonna drop decisions. I think like Masvidal as well. Like he he's always gonna drop decisions in these really close fights, and it, maybe it makes it exciting though for a lot of people that. You, Makes him an exciting fighter, but I don't, I don't really, I don't really think Henderson's an exciting fighter. He's kind of like a point fighter. Uh, if if he gets his way, he yeah, he kind of just fight like like um, Carlos Con, not 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 to the extent that Carlos Con did against Nick Diaz, but that kind of game plan where you just kind of you kind of land a bunch of leg kicks and a bunch of kind of not that heavy punches and just kind of move away and just kind of edge it out and it's just not going to work forever and the judges are going to screw you sometimes and they're going to give you decisions you don't deserve sometimes and it's just a risky business. 
I don't know though I totally agree with that. I, I just think it's he doesn't have the physical attributes to fight. Like I think he's trying his hardest to actually finish fights and stuff. I just don't think he can. I you know I don't think he hits that hard. I don't think he's like the best jujitsu guy in the world. I don't think he's finishing guys there. I don't think he's like brilliant takedowns and ground and pound. He's just not that kind of fighter. He I, I think he is a point fighter as you say, but I think he's a point fighter by nature rather than nurture. You know I I just you know i do, I do uh, he's one i spoke about i spoke about larkin earlier i think vincent henderson is definitely someone who's made absolute most out of what he's he actually has to be honest like he, if you look at vincent henderson's game plan like he is that ufc lightweight champion or not game plan sorry ability is that is that the ability of a ufc lightweight champion when there's you know when there's great fighters going around there like you know like a frank edgar or like uh you know a Cerrone or uh, you know mcgregor now or eddie alvarez or whatever you know and, and loads of other guys yeah i'm not sure you know all of those guys have an expert you look at edgar look at his speed look at his boxing bill look at mcgregor's power you know eddie alvarez is a very good wrestler tough as all hell you know can come through to win you know and, and you know a lot of great fighters as well but I don't know. Henderson doesn't. He's not special anywhere. But still, he managed to be a UFC, um, a UFC champion. Beat Frank Edgar twice and, and fought for two belts as well. Then he in Bellator and he won a UFC or a, sorry, a WEC title as well uh, until he got a Superman Superman knockdown from uh, uh, or Showtime knockdown. Sorry, from Anthony Pettis. But yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Like there's there's a talk as well about him going over there and. Uh, you know, in Bellator and people kind of not rating Bellator fighters. I'm not like that, but I don't think you know Patricky is not the best pitbull brother. You know, yeah, he's not even. Yeah, I was gonna say that he's not even the best brother. Yeah, yeah it's just the way he fights. Uh, is weird, and but I also do think he isn't what he used to be. I don't think he's as good as he. Like he, uh, I put up the stats here. I can't even remember what it was now. It's like uh, I think he's 11 years or something as a pro. You know, it was five years since he won the UFC title, and you can't keep fighting at that level all the time. Your levels are gonna gonna stop, and you know it's like the Man United syndrome. You know, when ba- you know worse teams come and and play them. They up their game like he pitbull was going in there he this is a former ufc champion he's fighting he's going to up his game to fight him you know and, and not just people but all other fighters as well you know they're trying to prove especially in bellator and i i definitely think that's it uh you know that's part of his wellness i think it's all playing in the fact that he's you know older the fact that his game you know he's a bit his game is actually to have close fights uh you know as you were talking about there and you know I wouldn't really mind some punishment recently as well. Like you know, the Koreshkov fight. He's a big guy, Koreshkov, compared to Vincent Henderson, and he took mm-hmm. some big shots from him. And the Chandler fight as well. He took some. He took some big shots, and uh, he's been fighting for years, and he's been fighting regularly, and just all that work in the or all that gym work and all them fights. You're gonna pick up little niggles. You're gonna have. You're gonna have injuries that you didn't have when you were in your twenties as well. So you just start slowing down. Uh, the more fights you have, he's like how many fights has, has Vincent Henderson had? He's probably had fifth. Like let me check his record. Like. I'm gonna guess uh, 38. 32, actually, it's only, it's only 32. But still, I think back in the WBC days, before he was champion, before he had to go five rounds, he was he was going for the finish more. But you kind of it worked for him for so long. I suppose you um you kind of get that like, you kind of change because you don't want to gas out. Uh, um, you don't gas out and, and lose because you you expended too much energy. So it's a tough one, and you know he's not fighting. He's not fighting bums like the the Patricky brothers are very very good. Like obviously we're saying he's not the best brother, but he has a technically Benson Henderson has a win over the better brother. I know it's due to an injury, but yeah, but um, he still has that win on his record, and he has Nate Diaz on his record. He has he has Edgar twice on his record. So Gil Melendez, you know he's fighting he's fighting top guys for years, and 
it's tough to keep doing that uh, for for a decade. Yeah, I agree. Right, let's move on. Before we get to the questions, there matchmaking. There was a lot of matchmaking this week. We, we'll talk about a couple of the fights. It, it wasn't matchmaking, but DC against Volkan. You saw DC calling him out uh, on on Twitter. Do you think it's the right fight for DC Volkan Ozdemir in, in his next fight? Uh, kind of hard to know where um, where Ozdemir is. Like. I think we were saying like how many minutes has he actually spent in the octagon? How much have we seen him? Have we seen his takedown defense? We haven't really seen we haven't really seen it. Like so, it's hard to know how he matches up with, with Cormier. Yeah. Obviously, you'd have to go with the if you were giving me a, a free bet on the same odds, you'd have to go with the the known quantity. But uh, Oz, in, in Cormier, but Ozimir hits very hard and and like I know I know Danny Cormier has fought people like Johnson before who, who hit really hard, but um, Johnson is known to kind of give up easy enough when it starts going going against him. So mm-hmm. we don't know that about Volkan. Maybe he's the same. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's really good defensive uh, defensive wrestling and really good jiu-jitsu. We just don't know. But um, I, I don't think that the casual fans know who he is, but you can probably put like a montage of, of him knocking people out in the UFC together in a, in a promo and get, get people get people uh, interested. But I don't see it selling, selling big numbers or anything like that anyway. Yeah, it's weird, like because if you look through the rankings, you know Alexander Gustafsson is obviously ranked number one. Cormier has a win over him. Then Odzimir didn't very close Glover. fight as well, though. Yeah, he was a very very good fight as well. Then you've Glover Teixeira, who obviously just lost to, to Gustafsson. Then you've Manoa, who just lost as well. You know Shogun injured, Sempru just beat Okami. Like you're not going to give him a, a title shot from that, especially you know he lost to Jones as well. You've Beaston is there. Misha Sorokinov just lost Ilya Latifi. Like you're going to Pat Cummins in, who got destroyed by him as well. <laughs> You know, Pat, Pat Cummins came in on short notice uh, for that for that Daniel Cormier fight. So, so maybe uh, the full full camp Cummins, <laughs> <laughs> non non making cups of coffee Cummins. Rally fact. rally for Cummins. <laughs> what about Big Francie in Gano against Alistair Overeem? What what a what a fight that is! Well, yeah, like, it's, it's a yeah. big big test for for Ngani because Overeem's been fighting like kind of much more strategically and not getting really tired and not exposing his chin like he used to so um it's real it's it's a really really good fight and it's going to really tell us where where um Nganu is like he's been destroying everybody but if he if he if he, could, if he just destroys over him like he did Arlovsky or in similar fashion then then we got to be looking at putting him straight into a title shot which I think I think any kind of a win will probably put him into a title shot but you'll have people seriously excited if he can if he can just run through over him which which people well, no I know people have in the past but recently Overeem Overeem's been been fighting strategically and sticking to a game plan and working the leg kicks and not really exposing himself to 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 get uh, fatigued and um, it's just a really good fight and hopefully uh, ho- hopefully there's no I was really looking forward to the JDS fight and hopefully there's no more um, it doesn't fall apart because we need to see Ngannou in there as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really can't wait for it. Like I thought Ngannou should have got the title shot, but apparently Stipe is, you know, holding out for more money. And I think um, when you have Francis Ngannou put in front of you, I think it's probably better off to hold out for more money. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that's that's probably the smart thing to do. But yeah, that should be that should be unreal. Um, Bama Bellator as well for the upcoming the upcoming card in Dublin have released a, a few fights. And there's been a lot of controversy about matchmaking and stuff. I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. What about Richard Kiley against uh, against Lahore coming in for this one, Alex Lahore, uh, for the welterweight title? Kiley's only two and zero, and a lot of people have been, you know, giving out about this, uh, saying it's bad matchmaking. What do you think? Where do you lie on it? 
Um, well, time will tell, but yeah, it'd be very rare do you see a, a two and guy going up against uh, against a, a promotion the size of Bama's champion. Like you'd see this kind of stuff going on in like regional regional shows in Ireland and the UK and stuff. But if, if Bama won it, it's a tough one because um, there isn't really there isn't really anybody else in the division that um, Irish guy in the division that's that's finishing people. But it's only two. It's only two finishes. But he has kind of made a bit of a bit of a splash. He's, he knows how to make a make a bit of controversy, and <laughs> he's not afraid to to talk. So he's kind of talked his way into it. But fair play to him. You know, he's he's going to get the get the fight he wants, and like you can't hate on that. But uh, yeah, like, I can see why a lot of people think. Uh, um, a lot of people think that it's it's bad it's bad matchmaking, but like. Would you be all that surprised if Richard Coyley went in there and knocked him out? Like, I wouldn't. Yeah, probably not. Like, I, I think, I, like, I see where Bam are coming from and I see where the people giving out about this are coming from because, uh, like, I don't think this should be matched, like, a 2 0 guy against, you know, the champion of Bama, no matter how good a 2 0 guy. Like, I said this about Reese McKee and Johnny Jitsu as well back in the day, even though, you know, Reese McKee is a you know, top, top class uh, prospect and, a, you know, he was quite well, he was going up to, to welterweight for that, wasn't he? And you know, when he was oh no against Johnny Jitsu at like twenty fights or something at the time. You know, I, I think this is a little bit similar thing. like he's obviously the, the Bama champion. You know, he's a lot what is he? I don't know, he's like 13, 14 fights or something like that. Uh I don't have it up in front of me at the one, but yeah, yeah like yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't even people like Harry Marple and Colin Fletcher yeah. Freak Show, who was on the Norman Park uh, tough fighter player. Norman Park season of uh, the other fighter, the tough smashes. Yeah. Um Don Edwards, Nathan Jones, um and then a lot of guys I haven't heard of, but he has so much more experience. He's fourteen and one against two and zero. I know Richie Coley has an extensive um, kickboxing background, which, mm. which obviously he's he's been in kind of big spots before, and he's he's competed more than his record would uh, would lead you to believe, or his MMA record would lead you to believe. But this this is MMA, and we haven't really seen Coley on his back, so we don't really know what his jiu-jitsu is like, but. It does take it does take usually takes anyway several several years to to get um to be to have a sound enough game to to stave off uh, submissions or or just getting your guard passed easily and taken down easily. But it's it, we we just don't know we just don't know what he's like we just don't know what he's like on the ground so we don't really know what his ability what what his ability is as an all rounded MMA fighter. I think it's a new world as well in kind of the matchmaking here. Like we had cage warriors here for years who were obviously the main promotion for ages. And I thought their matchmaking was, you didn't really see any of this. You know, it was all the best fight, the best, or, you know, the, the fifth best fights, the fifth best, or whatever you want to put it that way. They were, I'm sure you, you'll find examples of it, but Bama are doing it, you know, regularly. We see it with, with you now the Jordy Shore guy, Okay, it's him. Like the, I, we talked about it last week. The matchmaking for him is actually very good, I think, because he's not a great fighter, and they're putting him in against not great fighters, you know, or like worse fighters than him, whatever. But like, I think that matchmaking is fine. It's you know, if that was happening on you know XFC or whatever, you know, I don't know FFC or whatever, I don't think people would be having that. It's because it's on Bama, but I think the matchmaking there is fine. This, you know, there's definitely a, a problem with the matchmaking here, but it's. It's it, as I said, it's a changing world. The, he, that Jerry Shore fella is getting in because he sells tickets and stuff. This fight is happening because Richard Kiley called him out after he won his fight, uh, Alex Lahore, and Alex Lahore called Richard Kiley out after he won his fight, and they've been calling each other out on Twitter. You know, they they were, you know, they gave us quotes when the fight was announced. You know, going going off at each other. They have no problem doing this. Both of the guys want to yeah. the fight. They're making and people. It easy. People will. 
and that's why people will share the articles about it around being like oh this just shouldn't be happening and as their like uh, commentary on it but they'll, they'll share the, the thing around and it'll, it'll generate an interest in it and people mm-hmm. people will uh will pick a side whether they think they think it shouldn't be happening or it should be happening but the, it'll it generate interest generate people talking about the bama bellator event so i can see why people are annoyed and it's probably it's probably better for Richard Kiley himself if he if he took a couple more fights and got a bit more experience. Yeah. I know I know he's not a young guy, but it, it seems a bit rushed. But obviously, if you're offered this title shot, you're 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 very, not many fighters would turn it down, and you can't fault him for that, really. Mm-hmm. Please don't take our credentials away, please, because we talked about. Like, <laughs> no, no, we're going to take them away. We won't be able to go to Dublin to see them. Uh, yeah, but uh, other fights as well. What about? Paul Redman, this is a very, very weird one. Another thing about matchmaking now, we could actually get our credentials taken away after this. Um, Andy Ryan went on um, with Niall a few weeks back, and, and you know he was giving out stink about Bama, and I think rightly so, to be honest, because how can you not put Paul Redman... Like, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, and now he's been matched with KSW in, in that time. Like, is it maybe he will be on the card because I think he he put it up on Facebook that he's two fights booked. Maybe he will be on the card, but I I don't know. It doesn't look like it. Like how how are Bam letting KSW have probably like maybe their biggest star in Ireland, like the most well known guy they have on their roster in Ireland when they have a show like three or four weeks later in the same place and he's not on that card. How like how is that happening? Yeah, it's strange. I think we talked about this before. Maybe maybe they they were hoping to put him on the Newcastle card. Maybe, but maybe they think the 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 Dublin event has already has enough Irish guys, and that was that will sell anyway. But but Reds always brings a crowd. Like them team Rhino guys come down every time he fights, and you know he, he it's it is a strange one. I don't know what the thinking behind it is. Especially like it would have made more sense if they put him on another card because um, obviously like a former UFC, having the former UFC fighter t- um, tag beside your name brings a lot of casuals in and you can try and um, you can try and build up a build up your your roster or build up your up and coming guys um, against uh, former UFC fighters so you you think that Dan would want to keep him around because if, if he wins it's good for them because he has a good support and if he loses then you can build another guy off him so it's a strange decision but Maybe, as you say, he said he has two fights announced. Maybe he is going to fight in Bama Newcastle or another Bama event somewhere, just not in Dublin. Yeah. That KSW card as well, obviously, Redzer's going to be on it. Chris Fields was announced on it. We interviewed him. Check it out. Severe art over on on, uh, on YouTube. Pudzianowski is going to be on that card against um, uh, James McSweeney, isn't it? Um, Norman Park yeah. against Garmin. Norman Park gave a fantastic interview um, to Niall. On, on, uh, it's on our YouTube as well. And he, he went full Diaz brother, I thought, in that interview. I thought it was very good. That, that's a pretty good card, isn't it? That's, you know, that's up there with the, that Bama Bellator card for me. You know, it's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a pretty good card in terms of quality. Yeah, and that, that Norman Park Gamrock fight, obviously, it was a it was a very close decision the first time, and a lot of people or um, Gamrock bit Park and d- didn't have a point taken, so a lot of people were uh, up in arms about that. So it has a bit of a backstory, and the guys don't seem to like each other, which is which pe- which fans seem to like a bit of bad blood, kind of goes a long way in selling a fight. So I think that's a great decision to have that on uh, on their on KSW's inaugural uh, Dublin show. And uh, obviously, Chris Fields is, is very well known. He's he's been around forever, been around for ages. Main evented uh, Irish MMA events for for years, and then obviously Paul Redmond, and, and you have a couple of more like a couple of Irish guys um, fighting against Polish guys, and which is obviously there's a big Polish community in Ireland, massive Polish community in Ireland, and they're they're mad in MMA. So I think I think uh, KSW are doing this the right way. 
and um, making a really good card that uh, there'll be a good bit of hype behind in our, in Dublin. Yeah, right. Let's get to the questions. We're definitely going to talk about more about KSW and Bowen, you know, in the coming weeks when they're coming up. So uh, tune in for that, everybody. And I hope, you know, I hope you're happy now with the coverage we gave that, and we you know we talked about it. I hope everyone's happy. But let's move on to the question. Nathan Dia, he. He has decided to make his own section on the so a true or false section. He just wants one word answers, true or false. Are you ready, Graham? False. Are you ready for these questions? <laughs> Rory McDonald will be a UFC champion within two years. False. I like I like that question. I like that. True I'm or gonna, false. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say false. Gokan Zaki will fight for a UFC title. False. False, yeah, I don't know much thinking about that. Big if, but if GSP beats Bisping and Whitaker, would UFC ever do McGregor versus GSP for the middleweight belt? True. True, yeah, they would. If the yeah, chips yeah. fell in the right positions, they'd love to do that, I'd say. Mighty Mouse will fight at Bantamweight next year. Next year. Um, false. False. Brock Lesnar will compete in MMA again. False. True. He'll pretend he's coming back a few times to get a better contract in wrestling, but he won't. He did that once, and then he actually did come back, so uh, that would be funny. Joe Duffy and Conor McGregor will fight each other again. False. False as well. Stephen Miocic will successfully defend his title five times. What's he on at the moment? Two, I think. False. False as well. CM Punk will fight in the UFC again before Nick and Nate Diaz. True, I reckon. False. That's true. Big Sam will be the next Republic of Ireland manager. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd do a good job, hopefully. I doubt it, though. That would be a... 100% definitely true. That's definitely going to happen. False. Big Sam. John Jones will fight. Yeah, Big Sam, definitely. He'd make a brilliant Ireland manager. I don't think Ireland would, would go from that, wouldn't they? I'd say they would. I, I don't think. He used to be Limerick FC manager. Do you know that? No, I didn't know that, there you go. John Jones will fight in the UFC again. True, yeah. John yeah. Jones. Bellator Bell will get TV license for Ireland and the UK next year. Uh, um, they probably will for like certain events, like the odd event, but not every event, which I can't believe still is going on in the end of 2017. Yeah, definitely fault on that one anyway. Uh, thanks, Nate. That was good. Oh, no, l- last one. Luke Rockhold will win uh, a light heavyweight belt. False. I'm going to go with true, but with the addendum that's in Bellator in like three years' time. Oh, okay, okay. Um, was it? Still false. <laughs> uh, thanks, Nate. That's great. Get them in every week. Someone else, if you want another slot in the show like Nate, you do it as well. Think of something good. And, uh, and let's have it. Nobbler at Nobs11. If CM Punk and Gomi fought, how does it go down? <laughs> uh, no, Punk beats nobody. Yeah, that's true. Gomi probably still beat him. Mr. Podge, at one, Mr. Podge. Happy with this fight for Joe, with uh, Joe Duffy against James Vick. Uh, how do you see it going? That's another fight that obviously... Really good fight. Yeah, and, um, I think Duffy will, will win, but uh, Vick bring, like, he, he's a tough guy and he brings it, so I think it'll be an entertaining fight, but I think uh, Joe's class on the feet will, will show out in the end. I was talking about it on Twitter the other day. That's, I think that's a tough matchup for both guys. You know, I think Vic is a tall, rangy guy who loves to, you know, box and jab like that. And he's very, very good in the ground. And Duffy's kind of the same. You know, he's not maybe not as tall. Maybe doesn't use, uh, you know, it's it's not a, a linting that he's so good at. But he's very good at working the body, coming in close, using that jab, you know, getting down low, changing levels, you know, work, 
very very good jiu-jitsu dangerous submissions as well just like Vic they're two similar enough guys I'm really looking forward to I think yeah I, I tend to agree with you I think Duffy's power might be a little bit much for him and I think his accuracy as well I, I could see him hitting Vic you know a lot of times over the first two or three rounds I could, I could see that being a middle middle of the fight late third round kind of finish maybe but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Vic won either to be honest just to, you know calling it down the middle not be biased towards the Irish guy or anything but like that's I think that's a, a very, 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 very good fight, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. It's nice, you know, it's good to see Joe Joe Duffy obviously back in the UFC uh, fighting again, and it's um, you know it, it's great to see him. Next question: um, Are you excited to see Dylan Chuk back? And how do you think he'll get on? Yeah, that was another fight uh, announced during the week. Dylan Chuk is obviously going to be fighting as well on the uh, what card is he on? Is he on the uh, Bama Thirty Two, the Dublin Bama, the Dublin Bama card? Yeah, there was just so many fights. Uh, David Calza. Um... He's uh he beat King Cowley uh, in King Cowley's MMA debut with uh, one of the the Dublin or was it was it the Dublin card or was it I think it was a London card maybe, um, uh he got a choke on King Cowley and then he beat um Charlie Howard who was O and O at the time so he's a bit of a he's a bit of an unknown quantity I think um his record at amateur uh, according to topology he only had one loss uh in one two three four five six seven fights so he's 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 more experienced than he may look just from his pro record, but so is Dylan. I think uh, as long as Dylan, as long as Dylan just goes out there and um, fights the way he usually fights, he should he should win this handily. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, after getting knocked out, though, people may be a bit tentative early on, and uh, mm -hmm. hopefully, hopefully that's not the case with Dylan because um, because it's very early in his career, uh, and I think. Um, I think like there's a lot of pressure on this because because he just lost. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of a must-win fight for him. Uh, so early in his career, is obviously going to be a good bit of pressure. But I think his his skill uh, as an all-round um, all-round MMA fighter is going to be too much for Dave Calza. Yeah, like I, I definitely expected him to win, but it's a big fight for him, as you said there. You know, he obviously got that the tough fight against Adam Vinci where he came through a war. You know, he got he lost a lot of that fight and came through and got the finish. It was brilliant, and then he got obviously knocked out. It was a Cameron Nelson in his next fight? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like really yeah. early, like twenty seconds or something like that. Mm -hmm. So this is a, you know this is a huge fight for him. Like I think he's up there with the likes of you know Keith Crosby, Paul Hughes, uh, you know, a lot of other guys who won't come to me at the moment. People probably get mad at me, but yeah, we, as you know, <laughs> top prospects in in Ireland and. Uh, uh, you know, this Richie is a big fight. and Reese McKee as well. Mm -hmm. Probably Reese McKee is a bit more established, yeah. I think, than, than others because he had the Bama belt for a while. But yeah, there's a good, there's a good few uh, young guys coming through at the moment. And I think, I think um, a lot of people, when a guy loses early in his career, just write them off. Like people, a lot of people have kind of, kind of hype behind it. And Tuke has died a bit, but a couple of professional, a couple of nice, um, nice uh, f finishes or impressive wins, and people will forget all about that, and you'll be back on track. Yeah, but it, it is vital to win this. You don't want to drop two in a row this early in your career. Mm -hmm. I think it was Mr. Podge. Someone asked the question anyway, unlike by accident, and now it's disappeared. So apologies to whoever asked it. They asked about Johnny Jitsu against uh, against Charlie Ward, Charlie. which has been announced. I think that fight kind of ma oddly makes sense, doesn't it? It's you know, it's two two guys, obviously, you know, one from SPG, one from uh, Team Rhino. You know, has have had a few losses, you know, between each uh, each other in the last in the last while. Obviously, uh, Charlie Ward was in the UFC, went went on to, and now he's gone into Bellator. A huge, huge fight for Johnny Jitsu. You know, he's kind of been a, a journeyman, up and down kind of fighter on, on the local scene. But this is his big chance. You know, he put up, up a thing about it on Facebook, saying that you know he a lot of people never thought he'd get there, and you know he's got there now. And 
I think it should be a full enough old fight. What do you think? For uh, it's a good one for you know this makes sense as well for the Irish audience. You know, two guys that are liked kind of around Ireland and obviously even McGregor factor as well with Charlie Ward being his manager. So it's yeah, I, yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a good. I think it's a good fight. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think um, uh, I think it's hard to know if Charlie Ward uh, if if he if he has a bad chin or like he obviously he took some big punches in his UC debut, but he he took them well and before getting he obviously got knocked out early, but he took a few big punches before that. But then. That second UFC loss, just it was, I'm not sure it was if it was yeah. bizarre or if it just landed in a weird position or if maybe he needed to take a bit more time off since getting knocked out. It's, it's hard to know because he was also knocked out by uh, John Phillips, who's who's uh, fighting in the UFC soon actually as well. Um, uh, Charlie Ward was knocked out in a fight that he was winning. Um, I think it was actually his UFC or it was his MMA debut against John Phillips, like former Cage Warriors champion. So. Um, yeah, Charlie Ward would basically fight anybody, so um, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised uh, both of these guys would kind of fight anybody. But I think uh, Johnny Johnny Jitsu, he obviously has a couple of knockouts. He knocked out Glenn Irvine recently enough, but he's not exactly known as a as a big hitter. So um, I think I think I think Charlie Ward will probably if if he if he works the takedowns, he should be able to to win this one. Johnny Jitsu got a good knockout as well over in Cage Warriors there recently, didn't he? Yeah, he knocked out some, some, he was like a four or five and oh guy, I think. It was on short notice. Uh, he went in and knocked him out. But, um, you know, his crew, he's not known as like a massive hitter or anything, but he obviously uh, he can strike and he has a couple of knockouts on his record. Johnny Boxing. <laughs> <laughs> Famed cage boxer, Johnny Jitsu. Uh, a few more questions here before we, we get out of here. Who's unbeaten runs in, who's unbeaten runs in first from Andy Hall at Bootneck Andy? Khabib, Joanna, Till, Gaethje, or Johns? Who's who's John, I wonder, he's talking about? Jones, is it? Jones is... is he, oh, Jones, maybe, yeah. Even though he's not really undefeated. He kind of mm. is. Um, hmm. I'd say Till. He's fighting like probably two weeks till, in a row. Yeah, yeah, probably Till, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I wouldn't I mean, be that surprised if Till beats Cerrone, you know. Yeah, yeah. Gage is fighting Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't think Eddie looked great in his last fight. Like people were saying, oh, he's about to beat Poirier there, but I, I don't know. I didn't think he was looking great to be honest. I think, I think um, he took a lot of punishment. Um, in, in even in the ODA fight, he took a few shots before he before he rocked ODA, and then he took a lot of punishment in the Gregor fight, and then he took a lot of punishment in the Parier fight as well. So, be interesting to see because Gates definitely going to be bringing the punishment. He's going to be bringing it. He's going to be coming hard at him. He's going to be he's going to be shot out of a cannon and just go balls to the wall, and somebody's going to go down. So, um, I think Gates will probably win that one. To be honest, yeah. I don't know. He's a he's, he's an underrated wrestler as well, Gaethje. I think he, he doesn't really use it because he, he likes to go just into people's faces. But mm-hmm. I think the the the, the Anthony Pettis fight kind of gave people a, an unrealistic view of how good Eddie Alvarez's takedowns are. I don't think they're don't think they're great to be honest. I think Parier yeah. just just or not Parier uh, Pettis just uh, just uh, is notorious for getting getting taken down easily. I watched the RDA, uh, the Alvarez fight there the other day, and it is maybe um, cloud in my view, but I love that fight so much. That, like that flying knee from Eddie Alvarez, is one of the greatest acts of heroism in the history of humanity. It was such a bad decision, though. It it was, I loved it. Yeah. If RDA wasn't already basically knocked out, he would have ended up in side control on yeah. Eddie Alvarez. 
it was oh like you i challenge anyone to watch that and not go as he's jumping for the for, for, <laughs> it was just one of the most amazing things ever i absolutely love that but yeah and the, the michael chandler fights were absolutely brilliant as well like he's been in a lot of wars like you know he took a lot of punishment in them chandler fights as well like uh, eddie Alvarez. at some stage it's gonna give uh it's gotta give like so gaichi could be the guy with the pressure he puts on and the volume he puts on i wouldn't be all that surprised if, if gaichi knocks him out yeah, and the Alvarez's head has taken a fair amount of damage in his last two fights. With <laughs> yeah. McGregor and, yeah. and, and in them Chandler fights, like remember he was um on the MMA air years ago when he was in Bellator saying that he, he had to take a time out because every time he punched a bag, he was getting like uh, migraine in his head. At Irish MMA one nine four, do you ever get worried about saying something bad about Irish fighters in case they're listening? No, <laughs> maybe I should. I, I just called Johnny just to a journeyman there a minute ago. So yeah, no, Johnny. Uh, I think we can be a little bit nicer to him. Obviously, we talk a lot more about him, and you know, we know much more about him than a random, of, a random UK yeah, guy or a random Russian guy. You just kind of mm-hmm. we kind of have more, to more our fight. you know. Our audience wants to hear that as well. You know, a lot of people tune in are like, you know, you know, Irish MMA fighters or, you know, on the scene or just Irish people who like to hear about that as well. But like, uh, I, I don't because like, I remember once before we like said something about Carl Pinder in one of his fights after he lost and like, he like tweeted back and he said he enjoyed listening to the podcast and everything. Like, hey, no problem. But I remember Bin Forza, we were talking about him a few weeks ago. I met like I met him at one of the you know one of the events and he was talking with him and all and like he tweeted me and stuff and all like just saying thanks and he appreciated what he said. And, like if you say like I think if you say like you can do constructive as long as you don't come out and say like he's a scumbag or you know, he's shit or whatever. Like like you shouldn't do that really about anyone. But I do it a little bit sometimes when you know Dan Stroni or whatever. Someone someone I'm never going to meet. I will do it a little bit. <laughs> you covered. So, I'm not. I'm not going to like get scared anyway. Yeah, but like, <laughs> not, nah, not, not. I don't think not too much. Maybe, but bias is real. Like, and we're a little bit biased. All right, like we're, we're definitely gonna. I guess you know a little bit. But yeah, not not too much. I don't think. But uh, yeah. So what are they gonna do anyway? Like, do you swear they're hard men or something? Are they? What that is. Is Graham to take any of them? <laughs> if they hit you or something, you probably just gotta pay that. You'd be grand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> <laughs> but please don't do that anyway. Uh, Kevin at Extravagant King thoughts on pound for pound best striker Cindy Dandois leaving you leaving UFC. She signed with Cage Warriors. Did I see that right? I think she yeah, has. yeah. She's she's against um what's her name um is it Kerry Hughes? I think I think that could be wrong actually. <laughs> I think she's she's fighting Kerry Hughes, but uh, I'll double check that now. Doesn't matter. Liam Blatchford, fancy fancy matchup. Who wins this? I'll answer these as as you're looking that up. Habib versus Woodley. Uh, Woodley. Saki versus Manuel. Manuel would fucking destroy him. Uh, Rockhold versus Gustafson. Mm, I think we asked that last week. I think Gustafson. Aldo versus Barboza. Oh shit! Give me that. Oh, who would win that? I think Barboza now probably. Nile versus PT. Mm. PT probably end up toe holding him or something. Yeah, Nile Nile's all fancy dog. Them D four boys. Show up with they know. Uh, is there a TV deal or online from Kieran Seppelin at the Soup Lad for KSW in Ireland? Yeah, I believe they're on Air Sport, aren't they? But I don't think it's live. I think it's it's uh, it's on delay. But um, there's usually some streams going. I'm not sure if how legal they are, but there's usually some streams going to KSW all of their events online. On. So I don't. I think people will be able to find uh, yeah. a way of watching it anyway. Huge question from at the Soup Lad again: Chocolate digestives or hobnobs? Hobnobs, chocolate hobnobs, obviously though, yeah. Mm, oh yeah, I love chocolate hobnobs. I haven't had, I haven't had a biscuit. I've had about two biscuits in the last eight months. There you go. But I, I go, 
I go hobnobs. Yeah, although I like both of them. Is, is it chocolate hobnobs? Though? I wouldn't go normal hobnobs over. Um, okay, we, but, okay. What about normal hobnobs against chocolate digestives? Chocolate digestives would win that one then. Oh, that's a big call there. That is a big call. That's a big call. Patrick Sheehan asked, with Boston Crab finish in MMA yesterday, which was epic, and and uh, our our boy Steve uh, Steve C A underscore MMA as I call him gave a great call of it. What move do you think could come from WWE next in MMA? I think I <laughs> I think that Brock Lesnar Kimura that he does that could happen in MMA. I reckon. I, I could see it's that. Even work though. I haven't, I haven't seen it, but then <laughs> it's just a Kimura. It was it was a joke. It was it's just a Kimura. Okay. Um, uh, the pile driver. The the suplex has been brought over a big style recently. Uh, uh, German German suplexes. That was a uh, Chris Benoit's specialty. Uh, yeah. Dominic Cruz did that to the um, what you call him DJ. DJ. Yeah. What else is there? Even a few other, a few other. I think Khabib might have done that to somebody as well, did he? He did, yeah. Khabib's done to loads of guys, yeah. Rustam Habalov used to do it as well, too, didn't he? Uh, what other WWE move? Now, let, let's think. Um, you know, there's a lot of the WWE moves are already MMA moves. So, like, you know, the Daniel Bryan's lock, the LaBelle lock the, or something. The, the Hellgate. The Hellgate. The Hellgate. thing. A lot of them are like, that's like a John Cena's one, so it's like a bit uh, an adjusted omoplata and things like that. And. No, there's lots of triangles now and stuff. We see him doing it. So yeah, there isn't. I don't think there's there's really that much. Yeah, I I'd like to see one like the um, what the, what, yeah, Iron. Do you know Iron Sheik did it where he got up in your man's back and he like pulled up his neck and he like twisted his spine and shit. Rusev does it as well. That that's the one I want to see. Now. What's, what's the, 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 tri- the Triple H sledgehammer move that should come in there. Bring in the sledgehammer. Yeah. Have a sledgehammer under under the octagon. You just grab it. Somebody <laughs> throws it in. You just slide it out before the ref sees. Good God Almighty. Got God Almighty. Uh, okay, last question from Amy McLean. Someone actually asked as well. Who is it? Hold on, let me go down and find them. Shit, I can't find them. Here, come. Hold on, it's coming. It's coming. It's like right here. I can't find it. The question anyway was about how likely do you think it will be for the UFC to implement the new weight classes that were proposed? I don't, I don't think it's going to happen at all. I don't think it will. I think um, you'll have to have a lot more more push behind it than it does already. But you never know; that might happen. But I just, I just, I just don't think so. I think, I think it'll probably be like this for for the foreseeable future in the the way that the divisions are at the moment. I want <clears> to know. I want to know why it'll cause less weight cutting and not more weight cutting. It, it won't. It'll just it'll be different people cutting. Some some guys will have to cut less weight, and some guys will have to cut more weight. Yeah, like imagine or will they choose in... to cut more weight to get down to the division that they think they can make it to. Yeah, like imagine if they put in like a hundred and sixty-two pound division now. Like Don Cerrone fighting at one seventy now, he got on and fight at one seventy-two. Like I, I forty A would probably do the same. Yeah, if you can make one fifty-five and they put in a one sixty-two division, it's very, very unlikely. I think that you're going to move up. You know, guys move down a lot more than they move up. If there's guys at one seventy who are thinking about, I can't make one fifty-five, but the one sixty-twos are, they go down and make that. I, I, like, I firmly believe that. Like, that, I might be wrong. Please, please, people, prove me wrong. But like, even I can't see it being anything more than equal. Like, and that causes more. Like, as you were saying earlier, would would DJ go up to one thirty if there was one thirty and one twenty, or would he go down to one twenty? Probably go down to one twenty. So yeah. he'd end up putting more weight, and exactly. you probably say that with a lot with a lot of guys. Like, would Bisbing? Be able to make 180 if they brought in a 180 division, you probably would. Like, yeah, you just end up cutting more weight. 
That's a hundred percent. Right, last question. Emma McLean has a question about Man United and Liverpool. Will we leave that for next week because the, that game is on in two weeks' time with the international break. So here's one from a Slangorangatan at Club Mandan. Is it true that Klopp brought in Coach Edmund to work on Liverpool striking defence? <laughs> <laughs> So it looks like you brought in him to oversee the whole the whole thing. Pebble they're, finishing, Pebble. they're finishing, yeah. Ugh. Would you be happy now if Klopp Klopp went went and was a new buyer manager and you got Ancelotti? Would you like that? You'd just be a massive transition again then though, wouldn't it? And the players are kinda bought for for the system. I don't know, it'd be, it'd be risky. I, I, yeah, I don't think I the think, system's think working. One, once, once Klopp brings in Van Dijk, if you can bring in Van Dijk and if you bring in Naby Keita, and if they both work out well, that's going to change everything. Like you have somebody who's really busy at breaking up play and in front of the back four will make the back four look better as well as having Van Dijk in it. And then hopefully, I know Karius could have done better on um, on that free kick, but that wasn't actually his side. He's meant to guard one side and the wall's meant to guard the other side. So strictly, it actually isn't his fault. But you'd like your keeper to pull out saves that... That maybe he's not supposed to make every now and again, which he doesn't, <clears throat> which uh, Minule and him don't seem to do. But um, hopefully, either him, Carius, or Danny Ward turns out to be a good goalkeeper. And um, if you get if you if you short up the goalkeeper position, the centre back, like I think Madap will be good. I think he doesn't talk enough. I think Van Dijk does talk, so I think um, Madap will look even better beside uh, uh, defender the quality of Van Dijk. And I think Naby Kaida is obviously better than. Um, Obviously better than Henderson as well. Is that the, where he played? I thought he was a winger. I've never seen him play, but I thought, is he not? No, he's, a, he's like an all-round midfielder. I see. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I do need. That. I, I, I still think Liverpool need a striker. I don't think they can win anything without a. Yeah, well, Sturridge, like he's fit now and he's just missing all the chances. So uh, <laughs> it was kind of an assumption in a lot of people's mind that oh, you get Sturridge fit and he'll bang in the goals, but I think he needs to get he needs to get one anyway to 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 get to get going. I think I think a couple of chances he had there uh, today he would have put away if he was on form, like he. The one where he was true on goal and he just shot straight at the keeper. Uh, he would usually score that. So and then you, that's the difference between losing two points and not losing two points. So you, you, yeah. as you say, you got to have a striker that puts them away. I think Dennis Sturridge could do it, but it, it, he's obviously very injury prone as well. So it's 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 um, you're just kind of waiting for him to get injured again. I was talking to Ken Early about it there the other day on, on Twitter. Like, uh, club system is better with no striker and better with Firmino playing 10, but they need a striker in, in that in their team to score enough goals to win them games. And like it's a, it's kind of a catch-22 there. But like if if you have a system where you're not getting enough goals and you can't get someone into the team who gets enough goals, it's the system that's wrong, I think. And I, like I, I, I'd blame Klopp for it. I think he needs to change things around. I, I, to I be honest, know. like we all these games in the last month and a half since Mane got injured or even or since Mane got sent off and that and that, Collision, including that match, basically, uh, or since that match, since Man got sent, we've basically been missing Liverpool have been missing all these absolutely simple chances, making it look so difficult to score. Even today, like when Alden hit the post and it rolled across the goal, and Matt had passed to Lovren, and Lovren just missed it, like just mm-hmm. an easy chance. And then Sturridge went through and goal, missed. Uh, Salah missed a couple of chances, which he always does. Um, it, it, like Klopp can't kick the ball into the net in these easy, easy situations. Like you, you have to just kick the ball into the net. Like it's it's. It's a bit of kind of maybe at one stage last season, Man United were kind of getting this kind of look where they'd be all over, they'd be all over the teams and they end up drawing because they're just missing all these simple chances. Yeah, I, but it's I, not I a system it was... problem. It's just a, it's just a like momentum and um, mindset and all of that. Like the like winning momentum is huge in in sport. 
I think like I think Martial was playing very bad last year. I think Ibrahimovic was playing well himself, but he didn't help the people around him. I, you know, I think Man United had a lot of problems this year. Like I think they work a lot. Like Martial's playing way better. Like, Rashford's playing brilliant. Lukaku's class. He's bringing a lot of people in. You know, he's his first touch. People were talking about. It. Even I thought about it as well. That's kind of improved now. Like he still has. Well, a, a, a lot of the criticism was if you compare him. I think matches today or Sky Sports or somebody who compared him against all the other top strikers and against the top six, he, he only had like four or six six goals, maybe four or six goals, and the rest of them had had way more. So. He hasn't really had to play a decent team yet or a good team yet uh, mm-hmm. with Man United. So, but getting in, getting these 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 games nice and early, getting into uh, like you know maybe if he had played a couple of tough games and not scored, the pressure would have been on. Oh, what a waste of money! Like who is this donkey? But then because you score early, you get into good mindset. Everybody's behind you, and it's just a it's just a momentum of scoring. Like some guys maybe. They they just nothing will fall for them until they just get a, maybe a, even a fluky goal like maybe if if um Sturridge just even fluked one in you know and things would things would turn for him it, it, it's it's very like you know it's right on the, on a knife edge football like you miss you miss simple chances I don't think you can really really blame the manager for that but obviously his uh his the defense he has at the moment is is diabolical bar bar Matip, like you know Joe Gomez just passes the ball backwards every time he gets it. Uh, to, to either Manab or Lovren and, and Lovren is just diabolical and Albert Moreno is just a, a, a headless chicken he just doesn't know where to stand ever it'd be a lot easier wouldn't it if you just went every game 4-0 like Man United it'd be, it'd be yeah, Jimmy Milner should be playing left back even though he was told he's not left back anymore Robertson? Robertson's good yeah he's just a bit he's a bit he goes forward and then he just kind of whips in these high balls that like unless Dom Solanke is on the pitch then Liverpool don't really have the players like that's not really what we're trying to do like I think he needs to get out of the habit of he was obviously doing that for years at holding stuff and that's what that's what they were wanting him to do but I think he needs to get used to drilling in the balls low like um like a lot of teams like Man City and Chelsea do they get to the byline and drill it in low and try to try to poach goals that way yeah. Okay, we better end the severe football well, podcast. Young, there. young is 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 Liverpool <laughs> career as well. So it's just diabolical watching Liverpool just fucking. It's great. It's chance chance I love chance. it. It's my it's my favorite pastime now. I didn't even see it today, to be honest. But yeah, what about uh, Rafa? Is definitely the next Liverpool manager. I reckon. Get Rafa in there. Rafa, legend. You love Rafa. Yeah. I love a bit of Rafa. On the Champions League to Jimmy Traore. Let's talk about facts. Come on, let's talk about facts. Okay, they were that's also it. more facts than around. Severemade.com forward slash merchandise. Go over there, buy a few t-shirts and stuff, help us out. Check out those uh, videos over on YouTube at Severe Art. Subscribe there as well. Please subscribe on, on iTunes or on SoundCloud or Podcast Addict or wherever you are to this podcast and tweet it out, Facebook it out, tag us, we'll retweet it or whatever. Thanks very much for all the support. You can follow me on Twitter at Chanchi and Ba. Follow Graham at Severe MMA. Anything else, Graham? That yeah, it? that does it. That's it. Beautiful. Uh, here comes the inspirational quote for the week. You were born to win. Although to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. We'll see you next Tuesday. Armando.